welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan with my co-host, Sean Bowles. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm so good. And this is going to be a great show, Bob, because we have Darren Shearer on, uh-huh. who you and I both sampled from some of his teachings and some of his quotes. He is just brilliant. So I'm so glad we have him on today. Well, I can't wait. Let, why don't you tell us about him? Well, Darren is the founder and CEO of Highbridge Books and Media, a multimedia agency specializing in publishing and promoting the world-changing ideas of inspiring thought leaders. I mean, that's a mouthful. It's in print. High Bridge Books has published more than 135 books wow. since 2013. He's also the director of Theology of Business Institute. This is so key. Yep. It's a global think tank dedicated to the exploration and application of God's will for business. He's authored three books, including Marketing Like Jesus, Marketplace Christianity, and uh, a Christian, a practical guide using your spiritual gifts in business. And he was a former captain of the United States Air Force. Mm-hmm. And so I just love this guy. And I was yeah. so excited because I reached out. I kind of cold called him because I, I didn't think he would know who we were, but I've known who he is for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it just felt to bring him into our show because I feel like he's so much a part of this conversation. And I know many of our audience members have heard of him, but if you haven't, you're going to really, really yeah. enjoy and deeply respect this perspective where he's coming from. Yeah. Well, up next, Darren Shearer. My new book is called Encounter, a spiritual perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. And this book is going to help you to understand the days we're living in right now and have an urgency to meet with Jesus the way that I did through some of these encounters that are going to form your faith. So you can get this book. So make sure to go to bullsministries.com Encounter, a spiritual perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. Well, welcome back. We're here with Darren Shearer. How are you, Darren? Excellent. Good to be with you guys. Now, this is a real privilege for Bob and I because we use your materials and we've known you for a while. And I love that I was able to reach out to you and get you for an interview because I know a lot of people want to hear the story behind the teaching, the story behind the drivenness to help people. I just think what you do is so prolific. So kind of take us on the journey, Darren, of just how you started this whole amazing book publishing. You are an author. I mean, you've trained on Amazon all the time. You have your online community of other things that you do that we don't even know about. Tell us about how it started. Yeah, I think when what started for me was the revelation that God wanted to be involved in my work. And so I'm a preacher's son, and I kind of grew up with the mindset, not because this was taught to me or anything like that, but I just saw ministry as being something that happened inside a church building. And I was in the Air Force at the time, and I was leaving the base to go do some volunteer work through my local church, which is all which is all great. I'm really glad I did it. But the Lord spoke to me and said, this base is your ministry. And and so that was really a paradigm shift for me, uh, because I I think I was on the trajectory of maybe going to, to plant a church when I got out of the Air Force or, you know, doing some really great kingdom work like that. But I I did go to seminary. And but in seminary, that's when I started to dig into this intersection between the Christian faith and business and notice it's really a lack of uh, discussion and teaching about that. And so I started to just kind of dive deep into it. Well, I just that resonates with me in the sense of how I grew up. My dad was a colonel in the Air Force. So he 
um, just was after the Lord's heart and wanted to be in ministry so bad. And then God spoke to him the same thing. And I watched such incredible fruit happen in our family. And I grew up in it where they had home groups at our house all the time. And they would have meetings at the chapel with people who are hungry to learn about different subjects about the Bible or about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these kinds of things. And, and so I was always surrounded by my dad and mom teaching people much like you're saying, they realized this is our ministry. It's like to love the people we're around in our career. And it was so beautiful to watch that. So I love that you're teaching that and that you're helping people understand that it didn't just happen for you. But like, where did you go from like that into, I'm going to be a book publisher and I'm going to, I'm going to actually write books. Like, tell us that kind of that journey. Yeah. Well, one of the nice things about being in the military is that GI Bill. So I took uh, the GI Bill, went to seminary and then used the rest of it to go to business school wow. in New York City. And so in New York City, in, in business school, there's sort of um, the mindset is unless you're starting the next Facebook or Google or, you right. know, hot tech startup, your business doesn't really matter you know, your little small business. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, there was nothing, no talk about doing like a, a, just a regular small business. How do you run that and run it well, build it, scale it, that sort of thing. And, um, and so I was kind of mm. caught up in a lot of that noise. And so finally, the Lord uh, just just spoke to me, actually, like one of your previous guests said almost the exact same thing to me, what's in your hand. And so mm. I had taught academic writing in grad school and started doing proofreading for doctoral students and things like that and realized, Hey, you know what? I could make a business out of doing proofreading and then it becomes book publishing. And I was mm -hmm. living in a neighborhood called Washington Heights at the time. Uh, they just made a movie called in the Heights. And, yeah. um, and so I, I live right there, started the company right there. There's a bridge that connects uh, the Bronx to Manhattan. It's the oldest bridge in New York city. And it, it was built as an aqueduct to bring water into the city. And the Lord gave me this vision that this publishing company would be like an aqueduct to bring mm -hmm. life-giving mm -hmm. messages and stories to people. And so that's what he's been faithful to do over the past eight years. We've now got about 142 books under contract and, wow. uh, and we're helping them to, to publish and share their messages. Well, tell me this, Darren. Um, you briefly touched on you, you went to seminary and um, this notion of the sacred versus the secular, the king versus the priests. How did you reconcile that in your mind being a pastor's kid that you're going to go into business instead of being a pastor? Does that make you less than? Hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me from seminary was that the great commission is to go make disciples. You know, it's not to go build churches. It's not to go make profit. It's not to go make conversions necessarily. It's to go make disciples. And so discipleship is something that happens on a day in day out yeah. basis with people. And so where are the people? I, and I'm a very pragmatic kind of a person. And I realized that 85% of the Christian workforce in the United States works in a for-profit business. Mm -hmm. So sure. it just kind of seems like a no brainer to me that that right. if I really want to do do ministry, um, that really probably ought to happen where the where the people are. And of course, there's people in the social sector, there's people in the, you know, the, the church, the church world, you know, working day in, day out in in churches and so forth. But uh, most of the people are are in business and. And it's it's not as cut and dry in terms of what does ministry look like 
in business. And that's what we're really trying to do with theology of business is to sort of um, paint more of that picture and highlight, like, who are the heroes of the Christian faith? Mm -hmm. Typically, the people that come to mind are not business people. They're, you know, maybe Billy Graham or, you know, Bill Johnson, you know, depending on what um, pockets of Christianity you're in, they're typically not the the RG Laternos or the, you know, Ann Bylers or the um, John Wanamakers. There's just so many heroes of the Christian, Christian faith. And I think that's to make disciples, you have to have people that you really look up to and respect. And we need more of those people from business. That is so good. I was thinking about though, you started into business and you're highly educated and you're very smart and you started in a book publishing when a lot of people are doing a mass exodus right now from the publishing world and a lot of the spaces. I mean, I just went down to, I had a film at TBN and there was two Barnes and Nobles that were shut down. It was, it was discouraging to me. I'm like, Barnes and Nobles are shutting down their stores too. Cause my books were there. Like I, it was one of those things where it's, it's this wake up yeah. call. And yet you're pretty fearless in this that like you have a lot of books under contract right now. What, what gave you that kind of feeling like, this is it, this is our thing. Yeah. Um, like I said, we were living in New York city at the time. And so some of those first bookstores were clo- those flagship bookstores were closed, saw borders close. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was d- definitely a, somewhat uh, nerve wracking, but I could tell with some of the advents of like print on demand and just all of the, the niches that were emerging and, and just the demand for the, the books and the, and the long tail, if you're familiar with this, this concept, it's not just what the New York times bestseller list decides, you know, people need to read today, but it's all of those books that maybe nobody hears about because they're just, not into that, you know, maybe they're not into the whole idea of theology and business, but I am, and I read those yeah. books. I read, you know, a Me lot too. of those books. And, um, and so I, I think, and just people being able to, uh, tap into their, their target demographic on different social media outlets and everything was, uh, was encouraging to me. And I just knew that I had the skills to do it. And, so that's where, I mean, we don't promise the moon to people, you know, what does it take to be successful as an author? Well, I think first you have to define what is success for you. Mm-hmm. Um, like we we just had, uh, uh, one of my team members just told me this story from about two, three weeks ago where one of our authors, she was publishing a, a story that was passed down from, uh, from her mother who was 96 years old. And so she she gets the proof copy hot off the press and her mother her mother is laying there on her deathbed at 96 years old and wow. she gets to read the story wow. to her and show her these beautiful illustrations oh. that one of our team members did and her mother passes away just the very next day wow no and so you know it's really sad that she passed away but just how much comfort mm. does does she have knowing that she had that opportunity to show her that, you know, this story that she had passed down um, was going to continue to live on. Wow. And, you know, on a personal note, I, my dad passed away from COVID um, almost a year and so a half sorry. ago. Sorry. Uh, thank you. And, but I got to, I got to help him publish his story. So wow. now wow. we have my dad's story and he was a Vietnam pilot and, and vo- very involved with the pro-life movement and, all the things that, that were, that were in his story. Now I can share that. So 
you know, that's, that's success. That was success for him. Knowing that his grandkids were going to be able to know about their grandfather. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it, you have to define what success looks like for you. Maybe that's not the New York times bestseller list. Yeah. Well, those are such poignant stories. And I find it interesting that you saw that you had aptitude as a proofreader and then you turned it into a, yeah. a business and uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? What, what went through your head? Like, or was it once one foot in front of the other? Yeah, I was, um, I was teaching academic writing in our writing center there at Regent university. And, um, these uh, English as a second language doctoral students started coming and, and, you know, needing extra help. And, you know, they would ask can will you proofread the entire <laughs> dissertation and so that is the hardest proofreading i had, i've ever done to this day oh man but it but it it really kind of sharpened my skills and i realized i could use that to um even though proofreading books as a business owner is not the best use it's not very scalable yeah. <laughs> you know you can imagine it's probably mm -hmm. the most unscalable thing but it, it did help us kind of get off the ground and now we have uh you know, a couple of team members that are doing a great job for us. And, and, and just the, the principle of, um, he must increase, I must decrease. Yeah. And how does Jesus increase through other people and, mm -hmm. and just kind of stepping back and letting him do that has been what I've been trying to accomplish. No, you're doing a great job at it. You've been doing it relatively young, which has been awesome to watch. And I think, you know, going from publishing and then writing some of your own books and then doing this online community, Talk about maybe um, how this snowball started to roll, like you, some of the, the reach you have now to really help be one of the, I, I think one of the narrators of what God's doing between kingdom and marketplace. Mm. Talk about that some. Yeah, I just, um, I think one of the, the first topics that I really grabbed the hold of, because I wanted people to see more of the connection between business and their Christian faith and realize, hey, Jesus is the most effective marketer in all of history. Yeah. You know, one yeah. out of three people in the world claim to be a follower of Jesus 2000 years after, you know, he walks this earth. And, and so I just started to study the Gospels for a year, I was still in New York City, and um, pretty much wrote the, first, the whole first draft on subways going to and from work. <laughs> wow. And just looking at the Gospels on what were some of the marketing strategies that Jesus seemed to be using in his in his ministry? And how could I present those in a way that that people could take and apply in their own venture, whether it's a nonprofit or or political campaign or in their business? And and so I guess kind of the next one was the idea of spiritual gifts and business. Um, mm -hmm. There's uh, this mindset that you know if your church be even believes in using spiritual gifts today, that they should only be confined to a congregational setting. Yeah. Um, well, like, for example, the gift of administration, like, at what point am I not using that as a spiritual gift in my business? Like, just because Absolutely. I'm not like, counting yeah. the offering or something like that, that yeah. I'm not actually using a gift of which happens to be one of my, my top gifts is administration. And, um, and so just really trying to give business people the the language of the Bible 
to think about what they do in in their everyday business life. Which is so cool that you even recognize that. When did you recognize that about yourself? Like that this is like from God, like this is, this isn't just like a, a natural skill or talent, but this is something that came from God for the things he prepared me for in the first place. Like, was that an aha moment or was it just something that gradually happened? Yeah, it, it really started to happen very shortly after that railroad track uh, experience yeah. I was telling you about where I literally drove over the railroad tracks almost as I felt that bump. God said, this base is your ministry. You know, mm. yeah, I'm about to go do some good, good work in the, in, in my church, but this base really is the, is the core of my ministry. And so I started to gather some other believers that yeah. I knew because I think a lot of people, especially that work in maybe like a big fortune 500 company or, uh, or, or maybe the military or something like that. Maybe you feel like you're the only Christian around. And, yeah. and, and the Lord led me to where, where Paul kind of felt the same way when he came into Corinth. And, and Jesus speaks to him right there in the red letters and says, don't be afraid because I have many in this place. And the Lord was saying for me in the military that he had many other wow. believers in the, and so Within like a couple of weeks, I end up going into a new unit where the the commander was uh, was a Christian, and we were able to start to encourage each other in our faith. He started coming to the Bible study. The base commander at my base when I was deployed to Kuwait, he comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, um, I want to start this Bible study, but you know, I'm the base commander, and I might not be able to always be there, and it just might look like." Uh, it just might look a little bit awkward if um, people feel like they have to come because I'm the leader of it. And so how about you, you lead it, I'll be there. And so we got to, we got to do wow. that out in so cool. out in Kuwait. And so just, just seeing God at work in everyday life and where I was spending the majority of my waking hours, which is in a, in a, in, in, in that time, it was in the public sector, but for most of it, it's in, a, in the private sector nowadays. Um, that's where it really began to, to click. This is where the Great Commission gets carried out to make disciples. Absolutely. I think, I think that's so encouraging for our listeners, the notion of that we're isolated and we're really not. And, yeah. and you, in order to break out of that isolation, um, what did, how did you start making contacts with people? You just were open, you looked around, you listened. Yeah. 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 I just said, Hey, um, let's start meeting at the, at the officers club. And so once a week we started meeting and just talking about issues going on in our, that would be familiar to uh, a military officer. We had NCOs there and, and some younger enlisted there as well. Um, the base chaplain was coming and just talking about uh, what does it look like to serve God in the workplace. And it was at that time that I started to get a hold of some of Oz Hillman's yeah, uh, materials, who really mm -hmm. was, you know, uh, has been a pioneer in this, this, at least the modern expression of this, this movement. And um, um, Bob Frazier from, yeah. um, from IHOP and, you know, read, read one of his books and, and just totally started to flip my paradigm for what I was just so hungry to know 
oh, you know, God, what are you up to in the in the workplace, and how can I be involved with it? Mm. You know, because like I yeah. want to be in, I want to be involved in what God is doing, right? And so, yeah. if because at, at that time I thought, well, what God is doing is like playing guitar on a worship team. Like if you want to be involved in what God is doing, get on that worship team and yeah. you know play an instrument or sing or something or or go out and and um you know volunteer with with these outreaches that the, that your church is doing but um it, in terms of just day in day out again making disciples it's in our workplaces but yeah. i remember years ago i read about the most uh courageous missionaries are called the, the moravians Mm-hmm. And it was a group of people who had, they had like 24 hour prayer, which is like the first group to ever do that in a modern way in their sense. And then they would sell themselves an indentured servant to, to, because there was no churches for any of the servants on the coastal countries of like Africa and stuff. And so they would say, we'll sell ourselves. We'll work here for two years for a reduced amount of money. If you'll let us reach everybody with the gospel. And these guys would let them do it. And I remember when we were coming to LA to pursue entertainment industry stuff and like really help people and just, be a, a life, a lifeline, a reinforcement to their faith. And I remember going, God, how are we going to do this? Because if we just start a ministry, it's not enough. It's not, it's just like, great. You're still an outsider, right? You're still yeah. like on the outside, just helping. And it's almost like there's a distance between a gap between you and them. And he said, go be a Moravian, go be a Moravian and get in there, get in, get involved with projects, get involved with what's going on. And it was so different. And I know all of us can relate to that who have a career. It's like, if you have something that's going on, that's not just, you know, the normal and you're like, wait, this isn't a normal job to God. This is like a place of mission. And you teach this, this is a mission zone. I think it's so different than how we've been led to believe. And I think Lauren Cunningham and from YWAM and, you know, and some of his names you've you've mentioned and and the Lance Walnells of our generation, people, some of our viewers and listeners would know some of these names. It's like, they really have helped that conversation of like, God wants to come into the whole earth. So we have to be there. We have to go into all these places and see it that way. But I'm so encouraged that you prepare people this way. Like this is how you have all these tools and you have all yeah. these, you know, these incredible gifts for people to be able to, to, to take this seriously and to enjoy it, to enjoy their yeah. process. Cause that's the hard part is that so many people are feel guilty when they go into something and Bob kind of alluded to that earlier, like that doesn't feel as sacred because they have a dualistic mindset. They're like, I'm going to go into, you know, this career, but they almost feel like a shame because they, they're not going to Africa or something. And it's like, no, go. That's where you need to be. Yeah, yeah. We're actually publishing a book right now um, called The Marketplace Mission Trip. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's literally uh, a guide to doing a a mission trip to your own workplace and kind of using the same same approach uh, that you would be using if you were going to go to, you know, a third world country or something like that. And and just uh, being able to do it with a group of other of other people. And so, yeah, we're excited to be able to partner with other authors on some of those kinds of resources as well. Darren, uh, we're running out of time, but I've got to ask you this question. Um, How would you define a Christ-centered company, number one? And then number two, how could us as believers integrate into a company with our Christ-centered values? Yeah, I think... um, a Christ-centered company is uh, a company whose leaders are committed to to seeing Christ be lifted up and at the center of. I mean, really, the 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 name kind of defines it. 
-hmm. But I think that's done through every aspect of the business. It's not, I don't think it's enough to just put a fish on, you know, Christian fish <laughs> on the business card or the logo or anything like that. But Scripture what, the doorknobs. yeah, what does the word say about accounting and marketing? Yeah. Again, we've got the greatest example of marketing. And HR. Woo -woo, yeah. We need Jesus there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and HR and, uh, and strategic planning and risk management. And what does the Bible say about each one of those different aspects. Yeah. And so in, um, in the groups that I facilitate, that's what we're digging into and dealing with real world issues that are going on in people's businesses and applying what, what is the, not that God is not, it's not the father, son, and the Holy Bible, you know, it's, it's the father, son, and the Holy spirit, yeah. but the Holy spirit is using the word to teach us uh, things about the different aspects of our of our businesses that um, are, you know, for example, like one of the things, my action item that I needed to report in on this past week was um, from the passage where, where Jesus says, uh, who, who's going to build a tower and doesn't first count the cost. Right. And, and so one of my takeaways from that was what is the tower that I'm building? Like what am, how do, what, what is hybrid books? Like, where do I see this, this actually going, or am I just sort of going along for the ride and just sort of wandering through this thing? Or maybe God wants to give me a, a blueprint for what this thing is going to ultimately, ultimately look like. So, you know, there's just so many ways I think God wants to speak to us through the, the scriptures. And um, I mean, the, the word says, don't forget the Lord your God who's given you the power to produce wealth, to establish his covenant. So he's going to establish it. He's going to give the wealth. Our responsibility is to don't forget God. Yeah, Acknowledge right. him in all your ways, okay. right? And he will direct your paths. And so acknowledge him and your accounting and your marketing, risk management, everything. So. so how do people get a hold of your materials, Darren? And also, what's something recent that you're releasing that you want to let our audience know about? Yeah, we actually have a Christ-centered company assessment that our groups are, that's really kind of the curriculum for the groups. People can go take that assessment. Um, it's 50 questions. You're going to rate yourself in these different areas, you and your company. And um, you can go to theologyofbusiness.com to mm. check that out. It'll be pretty clear where you can get that. And then also the, our spiritual gifts in the marketplace assessment. Usually when I would take a spiritual gifts inventory or spiritual gifts assessment. It was to figure out where does Darren need to volunteer in our local church? Well, yeah. where, where does, where do Darren's spiritual gifts, where do they need to be used out in Darren's work life? You know, because so that's good. where he spends pretty yeah. much all of his time. So there's an assessment for that as well. People can take online and then highbridgebooks.com is our uh, publishing website. So if people are interested in, um, publishing a, 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 a book or a, a message or story for the glory of God, you can check us out there. Up next, we have questions with Sean and Bob. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world 
can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Welcome back. We have a question for Bob and I from a listener just like you or a viewer just like you. I want to encourage you guys to go to bowlsministries.com and ask your questions. But Bob, what is our question? Well, this is a good question, Sean, especially for you. Hi, Sean and Bob. What's the time God gave you a word to move you forward in your business? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Now, I could think of a time that uh, I was given this incredible opportunity to work um, in alpha testing at the time. They don't do this anymore the same way, but it's an alpha testing group uh, for video games. And I didn't know if I should do it because I was working so hard in ministry at the time. I was traveling all around the world doing stuff with missions and doing conferences and speaking engagements. And I felt that that was where God wanted me to spend the majority of my time. But I talked to the group and they said, well, Sean, you can't really work as a alpha tester, nor are we asking you to do that. But if you can put some people together, we'll use your company to alpha test this online game. Wow. And you guys just have to find the bugs and you can just manage them. And I just hadn't seen myself as a manager and so I went to bed and I was like, God, you got to, you got to show me if there's room for in my life for this. And this little intercessor who I barely know, who's like part of the international house of prayer, you know, in Kansas city, one of those, yeah, yeah. like one of the older ones at the time, who's just like, knows nothing about video games. She goes, last <laughs> night I was playing video games all night in dreams. And God spoke to me and said, this is Sean Bowles's new business. Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she goes, the Lord's saying that he has a business for you to manage. And it's playing video games. And I started oh laughing so hard. And I was like, God, you're moving forward. And I did that business. I had about 12 or 13 people who worked for me at any given time for the next seven or eight years and, and made my whole income I would need. So I never had to draw on the ministry. I actually didn't take a salary from the ministry locally. And I, I if I had honor aims and stuff from churches, I would, I would decide if I was going to take them or sell them or what I was going to do with them because I had my business provided my whole income plus obviously to provide a lot of other people's income. So that was a word that really moved me forward. That was super fun and bizarre. That's incredible. I have something that's more heart related, Sean. Um, as my, I was building my business, I, uh, we, you know, my business bids jobs and we win about 10% yeah. of them. And I was always like doing everything I could to win jobs, cut, cutting prices, whether, and it wasn't smart to do it. And God finally spoke to me and said, will you trust me? And, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is one of my life scriptures. And I had it never occurred to me back then to trust God for getting business. And as I began to do that, um, jobs would come out of left field and things would happen that we didn't plan on. That's and all so of a sudden, awesome. the strategy that we thought we had, you know, was working would work one way, but then he'd do something different. And it, and it, it sort of moved me forward in my business for the rest of my career, you know, almost 35 years later after that, um, I just sit back and I'm in wonder at how God brings his business. So 
it, it was more of a like a heart thing and an attitude adjustment in my heart to be able to trust him for the things that you know I thought that I had to control. Well, we'd love to hear from you some of the yeah. stories that you have as a listener or viewer about how God moved you forward, either speaking to you personally or someone else speaking to you. Please share those with us at mm-hmm. info at Go to bullsministries.com and ask your question. And we can't wait to be with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.boldsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.